This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. Many of us have heard about record prices for tractors and equipment. What is bringing top dollar and how long might we expect these prices to last? Can manufacturers deliver on new equipment? And what are machine repeats ideas for buyers and sellers? It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside and it's brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. We recently finished our corn harvest and we picked the corn in our Pivot Bioproven field trial. You may recall that Pivot Bioproven adheres to the root of the corn plant creating a mutually beneficial nitrogen-generating partnership that stays strong all the way through harvest. It's a weather-resistant and sustainable way to achieve more predictable and more productive yields than ever before. So, what did we find in our results this year? Well, once again, our corn treated with Pivot Bioproven out-yielded the non-treated corn, this year by about 7 bushels per acre, and that's the second year in a row we saw that yield boost. But even more exciting is the opportunity to replace some of our synthetic nitrogen since Pivot Bioproven can be a proven source of nitrogen throughout the growing season. And of course, that's a big factor, especially in this time of higher input prices. If Pivot Bioproven can replace about 40 pounds of synthetic nitrogen, that's an advantage worth exploring. That's why we've been doing field trials to learn more, and I hope you'll look into it as well. You can see results and get the details at pivotbio.com. Greg Peterson, Machine Repeat, is the authority on tractor and machinery prices. He's been attending sales and collecting data for over three decades, and this last year has been one like none other. So in this time of record-breaking prices, we talked about where we stand, where we might be headed, and what ideas he has for both buyers and sellers. Greg Peterson, Machine Repeat, is my guest. Greg has been on the show several times. Always enjoy the chance to visit with him. Greg, first of all, tell me, uh, are you at home today, and where have you been traveling? You're always off to an auction somewhere. Yeah, you caught me at home today, Rochester, Minnesota, Andrew. I was out in northern Maryland end of last week. Uh, We filmed an auction Saturday for our Machine Repeat TV show. And then yesterday I was down in uh, Iowa, New Hartford, Iowa, and then uh, we filmed an auction there, more record prices. And then I zipped up near Decorah, Iowa, to film a preview for another auction coming December 7th with some nice low-hour stuff. So back home catching up today. Good. You know, I looked back at my show notes, and the last time that uh, you were on here with me was January of this year, and we talked about how machinery prices were at record high prices. So tell me what has changed in the last 11 months. (laughs) Uh, It would almost be easier what hasn't changed. Uh, Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, Honestly, 32 years. 32 years this month, Andrew, I started compiling auction prices and covering the farm equipment market. And I mean, just bottom line, I've, I've never seen it this hot for all the different reasons we all understand supply chain issue, uh, levels of used inventory on dealer lots are historically low, farm income, it's been a good year. Now we're, what we're seeing happen now is the year-end tax buyer who's been uh, slumbering for eight years because of, you know, the farm income wasn't there. Um, Our data has always shown that uh, buying interest ticks up in November and December. Well, this year it's, it's like a 
it's just like a dragon that's been unleashed. And uh, so a, a month after we talked back in January, Andrew, that was only the third time I've ever come out and really made like a strong advisory statement to our farm audience. And at the time in February 21, I was saying, hey, whatever you need, just buy it. Newer use, just get just get it, get your hands on it, and don't worry so much like you've been trained to do over the decades. Well, I don't want to pay too much. Nope, nope, now's not the time to focus on that. Just get it. And actually last month in October, to show you how much it's changed, this is actually only the fourth time in 32 years I've made an advisory statement, and this time it was the flip. It was like, folks, if you have one or two or three or however items to sell, Never seen a better time. Just absolutely never seen a better time for good condition used to sell it. So it's been quite a year. Yes, it has. You, you know, there's several different things that I want to get to here with you. I'd like to go over to the new equipment for just a moment because depending on where you live in the country and maybe, you know, if you like the green paint or the red or the blue or so forth, are you finding that the new inventory is there? Can people get their hands on it? Is it very dependent upon exactly what you want? What are you hearing? And then we've got you know strikes in some places. So what yep. are you hearing on the new side? Problematic, very problem, becoming more so by the day and the week here. Um, so even before the John Deere strike, which by the way, the, the, the day that was announced, Case New Holland announced that they were uh, shuttering production plants in Europe uh, not because of labor issues, but just we we can't we don't have the materials to make the tractors and the equipment. So that hit the same day. Uh, but before that, I'm trying to remember if it was maybe like th three weeks ago, Andrew, on our Machine Repeat Facebook page, I, I was hearing rumblings both about new equipment availability and even more so about parts. As far as a season was kind of you know right in the thick of it there. And so I just asked people on our Facebook page, hey, yo, what are you hearing for delivery times What if you just bought something or if you were inquiring? And we had 72 comments in a day. And when you scroll through that, it was like, whoa. You were starting to see responses like, well, you know, I bought that combine. I hope I have it by next fall. So I've never seen it like this. Uh, and then again, you piled the strike on top of it which has, you know, the thing I've always noticed, Andrew, is that what's happening with new equipment sales is tied at the hip to what's happening in the used market. So as this has been unfolding, I've, I've been telling people it's changing by the day. So good condition used equipment, you're getting people that are saying, well, I can't get that planter, I can't get that sprayer, I can't get that grain trailer. So they all pile into the used market. Now, unfortunately for them, they're piling in at, the all-time highest I've ever seen, and it's and the, again the piece we overlook in this is I've never seen it this tight on dealer lots. Their used equipment. I mean, it is. It's just it isn't, hasn't been like this. So you, you add it all up, and it's that's why I said last month if you got anything to sell, you're gonna have a good Christmas. <laughs> right. What we're talking about, you know, record prices. Give me an idea of. How far above these the records, previous records we are? I mean, how much of some of these prices advanced? Because uh, you've got that sale data that goes way back. Yeah, 32 years. So just to give you an idea, so Saturday I stood there with my iPhone, 
in Maryland, Kemar, Maryland, beautiful, just south of Gettysburg. I'm sure you've been out there reporting, Andrew, so many great folks out there. But uh, the gentleman, Bill McGrew, had a very, very nice 1998 John Deere 7810 tractor. It only had 914 hours on it, so granted, it was, you know, kind of the needle in the haystack. Okay, so imagine how many Deere 7810s I've seen sold at auction. Okay, the highest I'd ever seen going into last Saturday was 137.6. And oh, by the way, that was just set March 13th, Essex, Ontario. That's U.S. dollars, 137.6. So when I posted that, people were like, oh, my God, that's just, that'll never be broken. That just, it's just incredible. It's all for 170 on Saturday. So you broke a record by $32,400, which is, you know, it's almost 10, I mean, it's just, but it's not an isolated incident. In fact, going down the line that day, to give you a little scoop here, but I just wrote a column for Top Producer, and I said, hey, folks, check out these six prices on this sale Saturday I covered in Maryland. Which do you think is the most surprising? Now, that was one of them. Uh, there were, I think, seven records set, but the one I picked wasn't even a record, so to speak. It was a 96 John Deere 8300 tractor with 7,158 hours on it, brought 82.5. Now, again, I've got a bazillion auction prices on Deere 8300s, which were made mid to late 90s. 82.5, that's the highest auction price I've ever seen on an 8300 with over 4,800 hours. And it was by a ton. And this thing had almost 7,200 hours. But the same guy that bought the 7810 for 170, later on down the line, he bought a case IH or a case 1845 C skid steer, 641 hours on it. The highest I'd ever seen was 30,500 bucks. It went for 41. And oh, by the way, that guy was from Illinois. Drove his truck out to, and his trailer. When they bring your trailer, pretty good shot. You're going home with it, but. Right. That's how tight the market is. Here's a chance to get good stuff. And people say, well, that guy's crazy. No. There were five or ten people that were banging heads, bidding against him, and that's what happened. Well, and you mentioned the gentleman was there from Illinois, so you're, you're seeing the strength, I guess, regardless of where we're at in the country. Is that right? It's not just, you know, isolated East Coast. There's not that much in inventory yeah. type of thing. Yeah, it's really interesting, Andrew. It's a whole other topic. You and I could talk for a long time about it. But I was, even before the pandemic set in 20 months ago, I was starting to see the the uh, the evisceration of geographic boundaries to buying and selling equipment. And then the pandemic hit and everything went online. And it just instantly, we were seeing cornheads for sale in Iowa bought in, in North Carolina. And that was before this whole thing tightened up. And that was before commodity prices went up. So now, like I say, and in fact, on parts availability on that Facebook post, people were saying, well, you know, I had to drive 380 miles just to get the one you know, whatever that I had to have. And it's uh, it's almost feels a little scary. And so even though I, when I came out and said, folks, if you have anything for sale, not you've it's true, there's never been a better time to sell it, but people are actually thinking, well, that's true, I can get premium dollars for it, but man, what what if I kind of, I might need that thing next year, I don't, because, you know, you can't have downtime, and it's it's just, like I say, it's kind of spooky. 
Certainly. Well, and if you did, you know, go out and purchase something new and are waiting for it to come in, can you afford to go ahead and, and sell it? Maybe you've traded it in, so you may have no choice, but you're right. You may be getting rid of a piece of equipment and then not have something when you need yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just seeing things like, and there's so many angles to this, Andrew. So can make yourself a, a farm equipment dealer now. Okay, so for for decades, it's been like, oh gosh, you know, we got to get rid of that stuff on the use lot and pushing and pushing and pushing to move that. Well, now you go out there and you're like, well, how do I price that thing? Because, you know, these numbers are going up and it's almost like, do I want to move that? Because once that's gone, I, I can't, you know, so two things, we're seeing dealers pile into the auction market to compete. Just last night, a, a dealer from out east sent me a note and he goes, hey, I got that low-hour John Deere 7R tractor that was for sale in Iowa. He thought there's enough room he can put it on his lot. He knows the demand. He's plugged in. He'll make money on it. The other thing we're hearing at the dealer level is they're, they've been holding back new combines and tractors for parts availability. So their largest customers, and thankfully this fall was you know pretty good weather-wise, but they got to keep their, you know, particularly your key clients, running so... You know, here we have a new combine and <clears throat> people want to buy it, but we can't sell it to you because we needed to keep our customers running. So it's just it's just incredible. Yeah, I've heard those type of stories, too, where uh, large operators or even, a, you know, a dealership yeah, are holding some just so they have spare parts, which yep. is <laughs> crazy to think about. You do what you got to do. So are you hearing much then out here in the countryside now with certainly some input prices are are much higher specifically we're thinking probably fertilizer is the one big one and then we don't know what's going to happen on the herbicide side so right. we are now spending more heading into 2022 mm -hmm. does that seem to temper this at all because most folks are coming off a very good year where we had good crop prices relatively low input prices compared to today is that going to have any effect do you think i guess you're going to say you're not seeing it yet well, <clears throat> that would be correct. I'm not seeing it yet, Andrew. I think we might start, well, the, we're going to find out early in 22 because what we're in the middle of right now is this is this gold rush. Like I said, it's been eight years since the year-end tax buyer, and I can't even really quantify how massive that force, I mean, it's just a force to the extent where through the ups and downs in the ag cycle for 16 of the last 18 years, it's been noticeable in my chair compiling data on all kinds of equipment all over North America that used values have gone up sharply in the fourth quarter. Now that was through good times and bad. And people say, well, why is that? There's just one reason. And it's just people have become conditioned, overly conditioned to think about, you know, that iron purchase newer used to help minimize my tax bite. Well, then also, you know, try to try to calculate the fact that most people think there'll be changes possible changes, significant ones to the tax code coming next year with a, you know, a different administration. And also you got to look backwards to December of 17 when President Trump made the changes to the tax code that beefed up, you know, the section 179s that incentivize business investment, not just for farming, obviously, but all business. And I, I, I do a report for the Wall Street community. And now there wasn't a ton of excess farm income. And late 17, 18, 19, but I wrote at the time, I said, hey, I'm just telling you, somebody put a huge can of gasoline by a big old box of matches, and it's going to get lit, and the only question is when, and now it's lit, and so 
Yeah, in the short term, through the rest of November and December, I think it's going to be Katie bar the door for pricing. And then I am starting to hear more, Chorus Andrew, to your point about will farmers and the space begin to adjust. I'm, I'm already hearing the when is the other shoe going to drop, which, of course, none of us know when the commodity prices will head in the other direction. But <clears throat> at a macro level, I'm sort of fascinated slash freaked out by what happens because when when the income window is open iron is at the top of the list for farmers and has to be they need to update their equipment be and they want to right now all the precision ag and and so they're going to order equipment oh i can't get it well what happens if the window shuts before all the orders can be fulfilled that's not good for anybody and we, we certainly hope that doesn't happen. So we hope the supply chain stuff and the labor issues can all be kind of lined up here. And most people do think 2022, you know, should be a good year for farm income. But, you know, things are the way they are until they aren't, I guess. Right. Of course, these prices in your 32 years, we've not seen this level. But you have seen other times in which prices mm -hmm. have come up. So let's look to that other side. We don't know, as you mentioned, when the other shoe might drop. But do these prices tend to spike and we come down rapidly or do they tend to plateau and then fall off slightly? Or is it all over the board because there's so many other factors? I'm just interested what yeah. might happen going forward. It's a really, really good question. I, okay, let's look back. I, there's other factors that help drive the bus. But prices can and do adjust very, very quickly, which in fact is why going back 32 years, I've I've grown to love the real, the harsh reality of this auction price data because, I mean, when it starts to fall, it falls. And I, I found that the data is much quicker than sentiment indexes because you can ask, you know, in this sector, a farmer or a dealer, hey, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think blah, blah, blah. Well, I just stand at auctions and write down when that dude paid 170 for that 7810. I mean, that was paid for it. You, you can think it's crazy, you can think it's nuts, but that was the data point. So it can and will change fast. In 13, middle of 13 after prices fell, the big X factor there was that dealers, and everybody knew it, they were stuck with way too much large late model used inventory on the lot. They had been pushing the multi-unit deals you know, putting a lot in on trade. You know, I looked at it like a merry-go-round. It's it's cool, it's super fun until the music stops, and then, uh-oh. But dealers knew it. But right now, they don't. They just know there's not any excess used inventory. So then other fact, which might work towards keeping used valuations high, I would guess, because, I mean, even if the supply chain issues kind of sort of magically come in line, which it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while until, and, and that brings up the whole other issue of manufacturers basically now having moved to the you buy it, we'll build it model. So on the one hand, you could have, as a farmer, you've spent your whole career kind of assuming that dealers will have plenty of used inventory for me, so I'll have leverage. Well, now two things. There's fewer dealers. And the used inventory just isn't stacked up like it was. So we have some differences this time around. It'll be fascinating to see what happens. Do you think on the, the new equipment side or the equipment manufacturers, 
well, what we have gone through for the last, you know, year to two years tend to slow uh, new innovations because we just need to get stuff out the door and into people's hands, or will it increase the pace of innovation because, boy, we've got lots of demand and farmers are coming off some good years and now is the time for us to really innovate and bring some new products or new features to the market, or does it matter? Oh, I think that's, again, a great question, Andrew. It's why I love visiting with you. You're just totally <laughs> on it. But, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'd say I'd be hopeful there that just the world we live in, that at the manufacturer level, they know the opportunity, I mean, is it has to be in innovating forward. You know, so I think the acquisitions that some of the major manufacturers have made, pushing the envelope, you know, I just, you know, comes to mind the John Deere on the sprayer side, how that technology, they're starting to tease it, what's going to be possible and the, and the savings on product you'll, you'll more efficiently be able to apply. But I think they know, I, I refer to it as the lean-in factor. So at a farmer level, it might be a, a story in Farm Journal, might be a blog post, might be walking around at a farm show. What are the farmers leaning into? What are they congregating around? And it's anything that incrementally can make me better. So even though there's money flowing through the system now and we have this snafu, I would hope the manufacturers still keep at the top of mind, let's innovate to make our customers better because that's just the right way to do it. Greg, in the couple of minutes we've got here remaining, you see lots of different equipment, tractors and so on. Give me one that you say, and you already shared one, but is there something that sold recently that you thought, wow, I just never thought I would see that? And maybe on the other side, I'd be interested, is there anything selling right now you say, I thought that would have brought a lot more than that? <laughs> we don't tend to say that, but uh, what are you seeing out there? Well, there are situations on the on your second point, Andrew, where things could bring more. And I'm, I think there it depends on how well the seller, whether it's a private seller, dealer, or auction company, how well they utilize the tools in the internet. So, I mean, you got to let me know about it because we built out this real estate and we can shout it and get the right eyeballs on it. So, I mean, I'd shouted about that Maryland sale and it was pretty clear the right people heard it. Um, so the sales that, for whatever reason, don't do that, they don't get that double X premium. Um, I don't really see too many, or frankly, any categories of all 70-some that we track that are softer right now if it's in good condition it's hot and the hottest would be skid steers grain trailers tractors i mean i'll, I'll leave you with one stat I, i've never seen this before but if you look at a john deere s670 combine which they made from 12 to 17 so at this point it's five to nine years old the average auction price is up over 11 percent on those this year a five to ten year old combine the depreciation rate on those has been steep but they're up. That's just the world we're in right now. So whenever we visit again, which, I mean, we see each other every once in a while, <laughs> but as far as this show, when we visit again, uh, what's your prediction if you want to make one here? Will we say, boy, when we talk back in, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving time, <laughs> those prices look cheap now, or will we say, well, those prices were pretty good, and now we've come off that? Well, hey, you're pinning me into an area that my Scandinavianness does not make me comfortable predicting, but <laughs> I will walk out on the limb for you, buddy. So, I mean, I would say I think 2022 is going to be a good, strong year. 
Uh, I think the demand for good used equipment is going to remain very, very strong. Possibly see a little edge off, maybe a reassessment period, uh, January and February. But, okay, that's going to be interesting because that leads into the March through April, the busiest time of year on the auctions and used equipment pre-planting. So I would guess it's going to be really active through that period. And then, you know, just I guess from there it depends on how the supply chain issue uh, works itself out and what's happening with commodity prices. But I'll be there with my pen and pencil writing all this stuff down and reporting. Hopefully it can help your listeners out there. Very good. Yeah, we won't hold you to anything. And in today's world, there's so many things that can change. Uh, who, who knows where we'll be? But it is fun, I'm sure, for you just to be out there and report on it. Yeah, it's great fun. And just uh, very appreciative for people for following. And and uh, again, it's it's been a joy and honor to, to do it all these years. And I can't wait for tomorrow, see what might happen. Greg, thank you very much. You bet, Andrew. It's always good to connect with Greg, and you can as well. Just go to MachineRepeat.com for his listings and follow him for his tips, ideas, and what he's seen out in the countryside. I appreciate you joining us. Remember, you can catch past shows and connect with us at FarmingTheCountryside.com, and you can follow on Facebook as well. And be sure to catch our daily show, American Countryside, on the radio, AmericanCountryside.com, and Facebook too. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot Bioproven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com.